listening to this sermon from Garden City Methodist Church. We want to invite you to worship with us each Sunday at 10.30 a.m., either in person or online. You can come to our beautiful sanctuary at 62 Varnado Avenue, Garden City, Georgia, or you can worship with us online as we stream our services at GardenCityUMC.com. Y'all remember the sitcom Everybody Loves Raymond? where Raymond and his wife Deborah lived next door to Raymond's mom uh, and dad, Marie and Frank. There's one episode where Marie decides to pass on all of her recipes to her daughter-in-law, Deborah, right? And um, she passes on all her recipes. So Deborah makes, I, I forget what dish it was. I think it was her lasagna. And it just doesn't taste right. And she goes on thinking, oh my gosh, I just can't possibly be as good as a cook as Marie because I, I tried my hardest. I followed the ingredients exactly, and my lasagna still doesn't taste as good as Marie's does. And then she finds out that Marie left out her secret ingredient when she passed on the recipe because Marie didn't want Deborah's lasagna to be as good as hers. It was missing that one secret ingredient that was the key to making the, the recipe perfect. And without that secret ingredient, none of the rest of the recipe worked. I don't know if you've had a secret ingredient that you cook with, but I believe that Christians have a secret ingredient to a holy life. And that's what we're going to look at today in the book of Philippians. We're in Philippians chapter 4, starting with verse 4. See if you can find what our secret ingredient is here. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing the things you've learned and received and heard and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Y'all, I would love to be the kind of Christian and the kind of pastor that this passage exemplifies. I love that he says, don't worry about anything. Don't be anxious about anything, some translations say. And I want to be that kind of non-anxious presence in people's lives. I want to be the kind of pastor and person who, when tensions are high, that kind of guy walks in and just the, the emotional temperature in the room goes down. That's the kind of person I want. I want to be the kind of person who is known for his gentleness who's known for thinking about these noble and pure and trustworthy things. So why, why can't I be that kind of person? I think of some of the most wonderful Christians, the, the kind of guys that I look up to, 
the kind of pastors that I look up to that I think of um, that exemplify this passage. Think about Eugene Peterson. You know, you guys know about Eugene Peterson? He's the guy who wrote the message translation of the Bible, but he was um, an author and a, and a pastor, and he really exemplified this kind of, I mean, he's known for the message, but he, he did so much more than that. He wrote so many good books, but the thing that I admire most about him is that he never stopped being a pastor to his congregation. He had the opportunity to go out and take all these speaking gigs and make all this money as a writer, but he didn't want all of the notoriety and fame. He wanted to write his books because that's what God laid on his heart, but he wanted to be a pastor to his people. And he didn't, he didn't bite at that lure of celebrity. He kept it small. I think about Fred Rogers, too. You remember Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. A few years ago, there was all kinds of biographies and movies that were made about him. And I kind of got swept up into that. And, and Fred Rogers was this kind of Christian. He was the kind of guy who wasn't in a hurry, who didn't, he was a non-anxious presence to people. And he focused on the kids and, and what the, was going on in the inner life of kids. It's wonderful. I think about my friend George Herndon, who's a, a, he passed away now, but a retired pastor that I know uh, knew coming up. And, and George was the kind of guy that you can just trust with wisdom, trust to walk into any situation and have a godly word to say. Um, I guess this is a sitcom-heavy episode, but, but if you if you don't know George Herndon, so I'm going to give you one more example of, uh, you know, you remember uh, the Andy Griffith Show. I feel like the, Sheriff Taylor and the Andy Griffith Show exemplified this. He he showed up and was just a non-anxious presence. Barney could be doing go off doing anything. Opie's getting in all kinds of trouble, and Sheriff Taylor would just walk into the room and and know what to say and do. He was just this calm, steady presence in the lives of the people in his town. That is the kind of Christian that I would love to be, but I just can't get there sometimes. Why is it that I can't keep my anxiety under control? Why can't I keep myself from worrying? Why is it that I come to God with demands and concerns rather than thanksgiving? Why is it that I feel like this kind of relationship with God and other people that I so admire in others seems so far out of my reach. Why is it so hard for me to rejoice in the Lord always and so easy for me to complain and moan always? Y'all, I think the secret ingredient, the secret sauce to pursuing a holy life is gratitude. I think that is what we learn from this passage. I, I think it's, it's all summed up in verse 6. Do not worry about anything, but everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be known to God. And I love this because it, it's okay for us to need things. It's okay for us to want things from God. And we represent re those prayers, sometimes even desperate prayers to God. But we do it in a spirit of thanksgiving, in a spirit of gratitude. I believe that unlocks 
all of the other great qualities that we read about in this passage. Thinking about these guys that I look up at, look up to, you know, he's a fictional character, but but one of the things that I think that that Andy Griffith did was that his character was content in Mayberry. He wasn't trying to get out. He loved that place. He was grateful for his friends and the things he had around him. He wasn't trying to win any elections or, or climb any ladders. He was grateful for what he had. He was content where he was, and he did his job excellently. Think about Eugene Peterson. He could have made so much money on the circuit writing books and giving speeches and doing conferences and, and selling all kinds of, of stuff, but he didn't do that. He didn't want to be a celebrity, even a Christian celebrity. He wanted to be a pastor of a church and later on a, a professor at a seminary. He was grateful for the people that God gave him in his congregation and didn't look to extend his influence outside of it. Mr. Rogers was that way. He was grateful for the ways that he was given to influence the children around him. And he didn't go making licensing deals to sell toys because he wasn't in it for the money. He didn't go for trying to get on HBO with his show because then he would have had to give up the control that he had of the focus of influencing kids for Christ. He was a he was a licensed minister, an ordained minister. And so he lived a holy life and was excellent at what he did. Man, George Herndon was the same way. My friend George, he, he loved the great outdoors. And he was grateful anytime he could get outside in a canoe or a kayak or a tent. He loved communing with God, being thankful for the world that he had and living a life of peace. And I think my problem, my problem is that I want to be like this guy, these guys, except with more stuff, right? I want to be like these guys, except I want to have a little more money than they had, or maybe a little more fame than they had, or maybe a little more um, stuff than they had. And that's not going to fly. Because holiness is only possible in the context of gratitude and contentment. If I'm always trying to get more, if I'm always trying to have more or be more, then I'm not going to be the kind of person this describes because that's going to pile up layers of complexity and anxiety and, and stuff in my life that's going to crowd out holiness, that's going to crowd out the life that seeks after God. In order for, for us to be holy, we have got to internalize some gratitude. And when we think about gratitude, all this other stuff in this passage kind of unlocks. There's a link between rejoice in the Lord always and gratitude. Because how often have you been rejoicing and complaining at the same time? I can't think of a single time. Rejoicing and complaining don't go together. We can either rejoice in the Lord always or we can be a complainer or a coveter or a person without gratitude. There's a link between gentleness and gratitude. 
when we're content with what, with what we have and what's going on, then we're not in competition with other people. And it's easier to be gentle and to be forgiving with other people when you're not in competition with them. We get to be gentle and kind when we're grateful with what we have instead of always striving to best other folks. There's a link between not worrying and not being anxious and, and gratitude because gratitude for what we have keeps us from worrying about what we don't have or what we might lose. And like I said earlier, we still get to make petitions for God. We still get to ask God for stuff that we need. It doesn't mean that we don't get anything, but we do it in a context of gratitude and thanksgiving. And say, God, you've given me so much stuff. I need a little more. There's a link between the peace of God and gratitude. When you're striving for more stuff, when you're striving for that next level of whatever ladder you're climbing, you're not at peace with yourself. Inner peace is easier to come by when we have gratitude. And there's a link between this kind of thought life, this thinking about whatever is true and honorable and just and pure and pleasing and commendable and excellent. That you, There's a link between that and gratitude. Because my thoughts aren't being crowded by what I don't have. My thought life gets a lot more holy when I'm content. When I'm not on Amazon looking for that next thing that I think I need, I can focus on what's good. It clears up the space for me to think about what is excellent and pure and holy when I'm not thinking about trying to get the, the best deal or whatever. In general, I think that the opposite of gratitude is entitlement. Entitlement is when you believe that you ought to get whatever you want, that you ought to have what you want and have it right now, that whatever you desire ought to belong to you. That's entitlement. It's got, entitlement says, I should have whatever I want. Gratitude says, I should want whatever I have. Right? I, I, I should be grateful and thankful for what I have rather than I get, should have whatever I desire. And I think God is telling us you can either pursue holiness or you can be entitled, but you cannot be both. You just can't. The kind of striving that entitlement, entitlement gives us makes us anxious complainers and and that kind of poisonous anxious complaining is the opposite of holiness and it's a failure to be content with what God has already given us think about this we live in the most advanced times that there's ever been we have gadgets in our pockets that would make James Bond jealous when he was first around yeah, we, I can do stuff that, that was in the realm of science fiction 30 years ago that they could only imagine. I can do it, and it's no big deal. And yet, I'm not grateful for it. And yet, I want the newer model, the latest gadget that's out. How entitled is that? 
In America, in this day and age, we are so wealthy. We are unprecedentedly wealthy. Even the poorest of us are wealthier than the wealthiest people used to be in ages past. And yet, we're so unhappy. We believe that we're entitled to what we have rather than grateful for having it. We get so scared of losing what we've got that we cling on to it so tight that our anxiety just builds and builds and builds. We live in a more anxious time than ever, and we have more than anybody else has ever had. And there's got to be a link to that. And I think that link is entitlement and ungratitude. We have access to the life-giving love of Jesus Christ every day. Every day we get to wake up to a, a Savior who died for our sins so that we could have life more abundantly, and yet we don't avail ourselves of that. And yet we go out and, and strive for other things because we don't realize how great we have it. God could have easily just said, well, forget about those guys. I'm going to wipe them out and start over. But he didn't. He went to the cross for us instead. And it's like we feel entitled to have the world cater to us as Christians rather than going out and be servants to the world like we're supposed to be because we have a love that the world doesn't know about. We're entitled as Christians. And so Thanksgiving is a wonderful time to be reminded of the importance of gratitude for a holy life. But, you know, if we're only thankful once a year, that's not going to cut it. We've got to cultivate a habit of thankfulness and gratitude if we're going to develop any kind of hope for living a holy life. So I think one of the, here, here are some tips, I think, for, for us to develop the kind of gratitude that will allow us to live a Philippians 4 kind of holiness life that will allow us to be the kind of Christians that walk into any place with the kind of inner peace and inner, inner joy that brings the temperature down in a room. The first thing we got to do is develop a habit of giving thanks. Make a habit of looking around you and giving thanks for what you ha- see at any given moment. And even if that thanksgiving is limited to, well, I get to take my next breath, okay, be grateful for that develop a habit of looking around and thanking God for what you see. Thank God for your family. Thank God for your health. Thank God for your house, for your meals. And not just this, you know, surface level, oh, thanks God. Reflect on that gratitude for a little bit. Develop a habit all the time of being thankful. I think the next thing we can do to develop, to, be, to develop this habit of gratitude is to limit our consumption. It's wild to me that in America we have these back-to-back holidays of Thanksgiving, which is all about gratitude and thanking God for what we have, and then Black Friday, which is all about entitlement and consumption and greed. Oh, thank God for what we have, but I got to get those deals. It's the opposite. It's the anti-Thanksgiving. Because Black Friday is all about 
entitlement and thanksgiving is all about gratitude. We need to be thanksgiving people and not Black Friday people. Which means we need to be conscious of what we're consuming and how much we're consuming and, and limit that consumption. Ask ourselves, do I really need this? Do I really need that, that other thing? And then say, could I just be grateful for what I already have instead? I think that is one of the ways in which we can develop a habit of gratitude. And the third thing we can do is ask Jesus for help. I'm terrible at being grateful, but Jesus is great at transforming me. And the more we fall in love with Jesus, we sang the song at the Senior Center this week, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will go strangely dim. I think that's what we need a little bit more of in our lives. We need Jesus to grow brighter and the other stuff to grow dimmer so that we can be grateful people. And that gratitude can unlock a kind of lifestyle that leads us to rejoice in the Lord always. The kind of lifestyle that makes us gentle to everyone. The kind of lifestyle that lets us not worry, but instead, by prayer and thanksgiving, ask God for what we need. The kind of lifestyle that gives us the peace of God that passes all understanding because we're so grateful for what he's done. The kind of lifestyle that lets us ponder these things that are true and honorable and just and pure and pleasing and commendable. The kind of lifestyle that gives us the excellence of a life lived in holiness. We cannot have a holy life just with more stuff. It doesn't work that way. The entitlement that the stuff brings is an anathema to holiness. So be grateful this Thanksgiving and let's develop a, a habit of gratitude so that we can pursue holiness. Let's pray. Jesus, our culture and our world is enamored with stuff. We are enamored with status. We are enamored with more. But you call us to a life of gratitude, Father. You call us to gratitude which, which can unlock all kinds of other virtues in our lives. So God, I pray that you will show us the secret ingredient to your holy life without which we cannot really pursue holiness. Make us grateful people, God. Strip away our entitlement and make us grateful people. In your name I pray, amen.